Mishnayas Rosh Hashanah, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Gimel. Al Shisha Chadashim Hashluchim Yotzim. Six months, Shluchim, um, which means emissaries from Bezdin, would go out to ensure that everybody knows the time for um, for, for Kiddush HaChodesh. You see, you could be Makadosh HaChodesh. The Chodesh could be um, could be dedicated one of two days. Sometimes they have a two-day Rosh Chodesh, sometimes they have a one-day Rosh Chodesh. That reflects the fact that in the time of the um, of, of, of Chazal, they were Makadosh Chodesh al which means that instead of today when we have a fixed calendar, they didn't have any fixed calendar at all. You would have two witnesses would come to Beistin and say, I saw, each one would say separately to Beistin, we saw the moon. Uh, each one would say, I saw the moon, uh, and, and therefore, uh, um, today is Rosh Chodesh. So we saw it last night. Bezdin would cross-examine each, um, each in, a witness individually in terms of which quadrant you saw it, how high it was in the sky, and different things. And, and then uh, Bezdin would mostly accept their testimony and would say, okay, today is Rosh Chodesh. Now, if it's not Rosh Chodesh today, it's going to be Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. There's a big difference if Rosh Chodesh is today or tomorrow during certain months. We'll see there are six of them that are very, very important because we need to know when Pesach is. Is Pesach, the, Pesach is always the 15th. Is Pesach the day, a day earlier or Pesach a day later? So, for example, so here the Mishnah is going to delineate the six uh, months that's crucial, crucial enough that Bezdin would send emissaries to all outlying communities to let people know when the new month began. So let's take a look. On six months, the emissaries would go out. Al Nisan, because on the 15th of Nisan is Pesach. Mm-hmm. They would go out on Av, because it's Tishabah. It shows you how important Tishabah is. Not, it's not to be taken lightly. The Al El Al Elul on Elul Mibnei Rosh Hashanah on Elul because Rosh Hashanah is going to be the the following month. Al Tishrei Mibnei Tekanos Hamoados on Tishrei because of the um, the, uh, the, um, the the Moados the different holidays that occur in Tishrei. Um, there's there's um, there's Yom Kippur, there's Sukkot, and there's Shemini Atzeres. Now, uh, I'll kiss life. It will go out on Kislev and Nechanaka, on the 25th of Zanaka. While Ador and on Chodesh Adar, Mepnei Apurim. Now, we'll show you Beis Amidosh Kayim, when the Beis Amidosh was around, the Yotzin was, was existent, the Yotzin Afal Eor. They would also leave um, by Eor, they would go out Eor time, because Mitnei Pesach Katan, which is Pesach Sheni. As we know, the Torah tells us if a person was Tame and was not able to fulfill the Pesach Rishon during Pesach, he or she would have to fulfill the Pesach Sheni. So we have to know exactly when Pesach is in order to make sure that we know when Pesach Sheni is going to be. And Pesach Sheni is the, uh, was on the 15th of the following month. So we have to know when that was in terms of, of Chodesh Yer. Okay, so that's one. That's one Mishnah. Let's see the next Mishnah. Uh, Mishnah Dalet. Al Shnei Chadashim Mechalonis HaShabbos. There were actually two months in which Bezdin would be Mechalosh, not Bezdin, 
the, the witnesses would be Michalo Shabbos, meaning that the witnesses, had they seen the Chodesh, the new moon, they would be permitted to go to the Bezdin in Yerushalayim without fear of transgressing Shabbos. Meaning they're permitted to transgress Shabbos to go to the Bezdin in Yerushalayim. Which, which of these two months? Al Nisan, Real Tishrei. Um, the, the, on the month of Nisan, because of Pesach and Tishrei, because of Yom Kippur, Sokis, etc. Shebehen, on those two months, Hashluchin Yotzin Lusuria. They would go to Syria. Syria, there was a lot of Jews living. In Syria, there were a lot of Jews living and adjoined the Eretz Israel, but we didn't have the, um, the transportation then that we have today, and it would entail, uh, it would entail uh, getting there quickly and going out to Syria. Okay. Now, um, so, now, the, the truth of the matter is it's, the mission is almost talking about two different topics. The mission is talking about the witnesses coming to Bezdin and the mission, and the, and, and the reason why for a lot of Michal Shabbos is because of the witnesses leaving Bezdin to inform the community in Syria. So, um, since those two months are so chashuv, that we actually send out people to Syria to, be, to, um, to make sure that they understand that uh, when, when the days are. So therefore they're chashuv and we are allowed to, important, a Bezdin are allowed to, allowed, people, witnesses are allowed to come to Bezdin even though they are Mechal Um Now, the, the Rav points out, the Rami Bartanur says that the, in actuality, all the months, Whenever a person sees the new moon, he's really allowed to come to Bezdin and hop onto his horse and buggy and go to Bezdin and Michal Shabbos. He's allowed to do that. But Chachamim didn't permit people to Michal Shabbos except for these two months on Nisan and on Tishrei. Uvehen, and of those two months, they would set up all the Moados, all the, uh, the, the Yom Tov. When the Besamikdash was around, they would be Mechal Shabbos on all the Karbanos. They would let it stand the way the Torah had permitted that Mechal Shabbos on all on all, all um, Yom Tov, all Chadashim. Because Rosh Chodesh has a different Karban than um, than uh, than, than every other day. Every day that has, has a carbon tamid, and Rosh Chodesh has an additional carbon, a carbon musaf. So in order to ensure that the carbon musaf is brought in its proper time, Bezdin made sure to not impede the Adem that were coming and the same with the new moon, they had seen the new moon. Now you can imagine that there's probably hundreds of Adem every single month who are, um, who are looking? Who are going to say testimony of the new moon, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a subject of the next two mishnayos, okay? One more than two mishnayos. Next three mishnayos. Bein shemir ba'aliyah. What happens if here I am in Tzvas, okay? Which is even today probably a two and a half hour journey to Yerushalayim, right? So here I am in Tzvas and I see the moon. 
I see it very clearly in the sky. And I know that there's going to be loads and loads of people who are going to look up at the moon and see it very clearly in the sky. It is not cloudy at all, and the moon is nice and large. So I know that I won't have to, my testimony is not going to be necessary. It's very, very, um, very unusual that my testimony is necessary. The folks in Yerushalayim could see it also, most probably, and the chances that people didn't look up in the sky at all that night are very slim. But yet, the Chachamim say, Ben Shemira Ba'aliyom, whether the moon is clearly visible, Ben Shalom Nira Ba'aliyom, or the moon is not clearly visible, Mechalim Alavas HaShabbos, you transgress Shabbos. That's the opinion of the Rabbana. Um, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says no. In Nira Ba'aliyom, if the moon is clearly visible, Ein Mechalim Alav and HaShabbos. You are not Mechalim Shabbos. Because you can assume that other people are going to see it who are much closer than you, and you won't have to be Mechal Shabbos. They'll be able to walk to the Bezin to, be, to uh, give their, their testimony. The Rabbi Bartanur on the side here says, Ain Halacha Krabiosi. Halacha is not like uh, Rabbi Yosi. Okay? Fine. Now, here's what happened Misa. There was a story. Sha'avru Yoser Me'abayim Zog. More than 40 pairs of witnesses were coming by. The Ikfan Rabbi Akiva Balev. Rabbi Akiva stopped them in Lud. They were traveling through Lud, and Rabbi Akiva said, um, you don't need to go. There's already, there are already plenty of witnesses who have gone past here, and the chances that all of them are not going to be kosher are very, very slim. So he stopped them and he sent them home. Don't be Mechal Shabbos, it's enough. Okay? Shalach L'Rav Ben Gamliel. Ben Gamliel was the, was the Nasi in those days. He was the leader of Kalei Yisrael. He said, If you were going to stop the population, the general pe- amount of people from coming, You're going to cause a problem for the future. Meaning what's going to happen is that people are going to not... Uh, People are going to say, like this, you know, why should I even bother leaving my house? Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll be stopped along the way. I'm sure other people are going to see it. And then no one's going to end up coming. You know that um, they say that something that's the responsibility of many people never gets done, right? Right. What we say? If you have one person who's in charge, that's why every show has a gabai. <laughs> because if you tell the congregation, you got to be in charge of making sure the Sifra Torah rolls. You got to make sure... Right, that the that the proper um, uh, uh, parochas, a white parochas, is on the on the uh, on, on the Aron on Rosh Hashanah by Rosh Hashanah. And, and you know it's not going to happen, right? So people are going to say, yeah, they're going to stop me anyway. So I'm sure somebody else could do it. Sturman Gamaliel says, don't do it. You're right, technically, but practically, don't do that. And you're allowed to be mechal Shabbos with this. So um, don't stop them. And the halacha is like Rabbi Gamliel, that we don't stop them. Let people just come, hop onto your buggy, and go. Now here, the Mishnah is going to talk about the halacha of who is possible for Adas. That's going to be... Um, possible for what? For witnesses. For oh, a witness. Okay, right, right. It's going to be a subject of the next two um, Mishnayos. Who is, going, who is kosher to be a witness who is not kosher? 
So, Zion. Avu Beno, a father and child. Shirohu and Sachodesh. So the new moon. Yelchu, they should both go. Now, we know that a father and a son are not allowed to say testimony. Right? There's a puzzle in Chumash that um, people who are related to each other are puzzled for, for, being, for being witnesses. So, uh, if, if, you, if you buy a wedding, for example, um, the one who is uh, being Masabi Kedushin, the person who is, who is taking care of the wedding, he's always going to ask the witnesses if the two of you are related to each other or you're related to either the Chassan or the Kala, because if you are, you are not kosher for, for being a witness. Mm-hmm. So, here, now you have a father and a son. They're strolling outside. They both look up and they say, wow, beautiful new moon. Now, we know that both of them will come to Besden. Both of them to Besden, they're not going to be accepted as testimony. But yet, the Mishnah says they should go anyway. Why? Lo, let's see the second line of the Mishnah. Lo, Shemistar from Zelazah. Not that the two of them are joined, can join with each other to make a, uh, to become witnesses. No. Elohim, Yipsalu, Echemehan, if one or the other are not kosher for witnesses, because of many different reasons, why a person is not kosher witness? Yitzdare fasheni im acher. The other one will be kosher to join together with somebody else. Okay, that's what the you, you can be. You can be not kosher alone, but be kosher if somebody joins in with you. No. Or is it uh, saying that the other one will step up and be the witness? The other one will step up and be the witness, right? I got. It. Let's say one of them worships idols. It's possible for witness being a witness, right? Right. One of them has said testimony in Besden that has been proven false. He's not kosher to be a witness. So they should both come, and uh, both of them should, uh, should, should offer their testimony. And if one of them happens to be not kosher, then the other one will come and join with, the, with someone else. Mm-hmm. Now, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, wait a minute. Um, I don't agree with the entire premise. I agree that in your average witnessing, two witnesses are not kosher if they are related to each other. So if you have a question of a kedushin, a marriage, or you have a question of a get, you cannot have a father and a son, or two brothers or two first cousins for that matter. Right? You can't have that. I agree to that. Mm-hmm. But kiddush achodesh is different. Okay? Rabbi Shimon Omer, Abu Benal, a father and a son, and all close um, family members, Kesherim are kosher for Edus HaKodesh. Why? How do you know this? Because it says, um, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Cohen. he said, This month, back in Mitzrayim, This month is for you, Rosh Chodesh, and he was speaking to Moshe and Aaron, and he's saying that the Pasuk means to say, according to Shimon's interpretation, that it'll be, you too will be kosher to pronounce the new month, Moshe and Aaron are brothers. So, it's as if the Torah is giving a special dispensation to say yes, except all over to Krovim are not uh, are not kosher, except here in this case, they are kosher. But the Tanakhama doesn't agree. The first opinion of the Mishnah does not agree. Let's see a little further. 
Amar Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi says, Maisa Betuvia Harofe. There was a story about a certain yid by the name of Tuvia, who was a doctor. Apparently he was a well-known yid. Shiraz HaKadosh B'Yerushalayim. That's on the new moon in Yerushalayim. Not only did he see it, who he saw it, Uveno, and his son saw it, the Avdo Meshuchar, and he had a freed slave. A freed slave is now a Jew, right? He's a full Jew. They all saw the moon. The Kiblu HaKonim Oso, the Kohenim who took testimony, accepted the testimony of he and his son because they held a Gabshimim, who Paslo as Avdo, and they disqualified the the uh, the slave from being a witness because they held that in order to be a witness for Kiddush HaChodesh, for to sanctify the new moon, you have to be miyuchas. Which means miyuchas means you have to have a heritage. Heritage does not mean that you have to be the grandchild of some Chassidish Rebbe. No, that's not what that means. Heritage means that you have to have been the child of a born Jew way back. You cannot be um, descended from slaves. So um, that's what they, they, they forbade the servant or the, the freed slave from doing testimony. When the matter came to Bezdin for a final adjudication, Kiblu Oso, they took Tuvia, the S. Avdo, and his slave, his freed slave, and they disqualified his son because they did not hold like Rabbi Shimon. They held like the Tanakama, that parents, uh, um, family relations are, people who have close family relations are forbidden to say testimony together. When there is no requirement to have any particular yichas, you could be a freed slave yourself and there would be no problem. A convert would have no problem saying testimony even for Kiddush HaKadosh. The halacha is like the Chachamim, not like Rabbi Shimon, that we permit uh, family members, we do not permit family members for, from, uh, from testifying. Okay? So it's the same as any other, any other testimony. Um, let's see one more Mishnah, okay? I think we can do it. All right? Eluhain Hapsulan. These are people who are possible. Now, there are many people who are not kosher to be witnesses, as it says in Choshen Mishpat, Simon Chavches, which is uh, uh, chapter 28, to discuss the different people who, according to the Torah, are not, forbidden, are not permitted to say testimony. But here, we're talking about people who are kosher according to the Torah, but the Rabbanah, the rabbis, because of things that they did, we'll see, forbid them from being accepted, their testimony being accepted. What are they? So here they are, the rabbinic ones. Hamasachik Bukovia, somebody who plays cards and they, he bets on playing cards. Um, a person who plays cards and takes a bet is not kosher, according to rabbinically, because it's called... Um, it's called um, a smach, meaning when a person plays a card, right, plays cards, he assumes he's going to win. <coughs> Sorry. That's it. Thank you. He doesn't put his money down when he's playing poker, assuming he's going to lose. If he does lose, he begrudgingly gives over the pot to the other guy. 
Now, if he wins, the other guys begrudgingly giving over the pot to him. And um, it's not considered that a person really wants to give over that money. So um, Chazal did not permit it. So now it's only what we're talking about is Vedas, only if he does it for, for like professional poker players or whatever professional, I don't know if there's such a thing, professional blackjack players, I don't know, professional gamblers. Right. Professional gamblers, right? Like um, professional pool players or whatever, these kind of guys, they make a living out of doing things like that. That is forbidden. That would make a person possible like this. Okay? okay? That's cool. But if he does it once in a while, it, I'm not saying it's a good thing to do, but it is not, he doesn't become possible like this. Umalve, but but non-professional gambling, like halakhically, is that okay? Like to go, somebody to go to the casino and play? I don't, I'm not a gambler. I'm just asking in general. I, I don't play poker. I don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't know. Personally, I've never been to a casino in my life. And I think I'll live a long and happy life without ever, ever having been in one. And I've never gambled with cards or anything of that nature. Um, I think I, I once went out before I was in the mitzvah, I think I once did it. But is there something halachically that's, uh, you know... It's not a good idea for two Jewish people, for sure, to, um, to gamble. Um, maybe if it's a little small amount, like you're playing for pennies or pistachio nuts, something right. like that, that may be different. But if you're playing, that may be different. If you're playing for real money, it's not, not a good idea. Okay. Um, now, um, people who lend money uh, with interest. You're not allowed to lend money with interest according to the Torah. And um, even though according to the Torah, this, these people would not be considered possible for witnessing because they give it on their own free will. But still, Chazal forbade people that lend money with, for interest to, um, to become witnesses. How do Israeli banks get around those prohibitions? There's such a thing called a heter iska, which... Uh, is, is a way to turn any loan into, a, into an investment, or most loans into an investment. The difference between an investment and a loan is a loan you essentially don't take a loss on. If you lend a person $100 with the expectation of getting $110 back, the person owes you $110. Whether he, let's say he takes the $100 and invests it in a business, and the business collapses, he still owes you $110. That's a loan. An investment is the person takes loss. So they convert some of that loan into, a, into an investment, in which case if the person defaults, really defaults and loses, then the loan is, the bank is supposed to be taking some of the loss. Now, I don't know how practically it works, but I know the Rabbanut in Eretz Yisrael write a heter iska, it's called heter iska. Iska means, um, means business, essentially. Um, on, on banks. There are different heteriscas. Heteriska prati that's written on an individual. Heteriska clothing that says that all the loans are, 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 uh, are, are, are melded into this one concept. So this is the way, essentially, the way it's done. So it could be done. It could be done. And people do this all the time. People always, uh, Jews lend money with interest to other Jews, but they frame it as an investment. If you need to do such a thing like that, I suggest you speak to your local, competent, orthodox rabbi.
give you advice on how to do that. Okay, but certainly lending money with interest is, or borrowing money with interest is a very, very serious sin. And it should not be done with, uh, unless it's framed as an investment according to the way uh, our sages say there are certain- the Borrowing money is also bad because you, one gets oh, a, yeah. because yeah. you get, one gets a mortgage. That's borrowing money. Right, because the, right, there are, there are the mortgage, the prohibition against borrowing money with interest only devolves upon a Jew borrowing from another Jew. If a Jew borrows from a non-Jew, then it's permissible. So the banks are, or the financial institutions are either owned by um, non-Jews or, as uh, there's different discussions, um, the, the majority of directors or shareholders or directors are not Jewish. So therefore it's okay. I see. Okay. Okay. Now, Umafrichayonim. was really the same thing as as um, as as and Makuvia. But Mafrichayonim are people that raised pigeons. Okay. We don't do that today. Or at least I don't think we do that today. Maybe in Arabia they do it, I don't know. But um, people that had pigeons and they raised them for prizes. Visokare Shvius, um, people that make business out of out of um, out of produce of Shvius of Shmita of the seventh year, you're not allowed to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, Torah says that the produce of Shvius are is permitted to eat. You're allowed to walk outside and you know take um, you know take some peppers or harvest some 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 grain from the field in order to eat it, but you can't. Sell it. You're not allowed to harvest it to sell. Um, so these are forbidden. The avadim, and um, avadim are slaves. And they are actually not kosher according to the Torah. Um, now zeraklal. Um, this is the general rule. Kol edis she'ein ha'isha kasherela. Any testimony which a woman would not be permitted to say testimony on, afhein einan kasherin la. Uh, they also are not allowed to say testimony in any testimony, not just for Kiddush HaKodesh, but for any testimony. There are certain testimonies that we do accept the testimony of a woman, but um, mostly not. In any case in which a woman is not allowed to say testimony, these several categories are also forbidden to, uh, to, to, to offer testimony. Okay? Okay. All right, so I think we'll stop here because it's okay. a lot for today. And uh, Mr. Shem will continue next week, and I'll send out the podcast so that everybody should, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get it.